Good afternoon, guys. Thank you. Um, for those who don't know me, I think that would be very, very unlikely. Alan Seymour. Uh, lots of things to do with sport marketing, future of sport, radio, business across the world. It really is, and it almost sounds like a, a broken record or stuck, you know, not moving, not going anywhere. But it is really, really a pleasure for me just to be amongst you today. But when I say amongst you, if anyone's out there listening, I couldn't be more amongst them because we're literally sat as a very, very small group of dedicated sport business students with their course director, uh, Dr. Paul Blanket. So, great pleasure, good introduction. Now let's get down to work. And what I really want to do is going to be try. I'm going to try very much to make it as interactive as possible. But I'm very mindful at master's level and on sport sponsorship management, which is the main tenet theme of today's presentation, lecture, discussion, debate, interactions, there are lots of other things that are important. And nothing in sport to date sits in isolation. And I'll probably be throughout the presentation and discussion be making some statements like that. And if you hang on to those, so sport sponsorship doesn't sit in isolation. I think that's a key Mantra, and it's a key process to really understand, which leads on to lots of aspects of doing sport business, of which sponsorship is becoming an ever more important key construct within everything that we talk about in sport sponsorship. So, my intention is to do two short slide presentations, about eight slides in each, just giving you different aspects, tastes, flavours of some of the things that I think are important. In, 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 in sports sponsorship. Robert, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I'm, I'm Robert from Slovakia, not, not Croatia. And uh, so I did my bachelor's in Slovakia. We didn't really have these kind of modules. And you know, now uh, I work in Red United Football Club doing sponsorship. Brilliant. So, in this moment, I'm writing my proposal okay. for a company called Volkswagen Redditch. Yeah, franchise of Volkswagen. Um, That's perfect. And, and really, all I'm wanting to do, we're just setting a scene here. Okay. The theme of, I won't be often referring to my backdrop here in slides, but there's a good indicator sport, the new narrative. Because sport and what we do and how we do it, you've already got potential sponsors. To you, as um, a future sport business executive, to you in your relationship with Redditch, to you in your ability to deliver sports sponsorship proposals, because you've just delivered some kind of indicator and narrative. And again, that'll be a kind of, I suppose it'll be a presentation side of mine in a way, but it'll also be some of the things that I want you to kind of pick up on. And be comfortable. Be confident. You know, the smiles on your faces this morning, this afternoon, so the interactions, you know... Anyone who comes into a classroom should not be allowed in if, you know, they've got a sulk on or they're, they're not ready to do business. You know, failure is not an option. I think somebody said that to me in a bottle as well or whatever it was. So, there we go. Louisa, just a little snapshot, quickly. Uh, so, I'm a director of netball here at the University of Worcester. Um, and as part of that role, I'm working with the Seven Stars franchise, in particular the development of their Nova talent pathway um, which is also around player sponsorship. It, that, I mean, and what a story you've got to tell. 
And it's, we need to get people listening to that story. We need people to buy into that narrative. And it's got netball, it's got university, it's got your stamp on it, it's got a growing sport. Is, is it a sport that too many people don't know about? And etc. So I'm just thinking aloud now. And I want you to do that all the way through the couple of hours we're going to be together uh, this afternoon. Ben? Currently much, much less interesting than these two. <laughs> uh, but previously I did my undergrad in the US. I got a tennis scholarship, played tennis over there for four right. years. Um, studying the more exercise science type of route. Uh, and I've decided that sports business management is the way forward for me. Sort of looking at sponsorship and that kind of stuff. And uh, that's what we're doing. And do you know something, Ben, that you've just said there? Everyone's story is the best story of all. You know, and another kind of icebreaker I do quite often just to give you, you know, I'm focused on to event management people, you know, I talk about, it's about the event, it's about happenings, it's about every one of you's got the best ever happening in your life, what was it? You know, and the moment you actually offer that and put that in, it's a bit like me if I get in a taxi or go anywhere in the world, you know, football's a language, sport's a language, you can get, you know, speaking to anybody if you happen to mention somebody who's very close to you or, or, or the sport you're involved in. Always remember that. You should never, ever be the kind of classic where you go in and you freeze or you have no idea what you're trying to do. We all have those moments that we wish we hadn't had, but in sport particularly, I can't emphasise enough this morning, this afternoon, sorry, with you, it's all about the narrative. So let's kind of just move on to a few formal or a few content elements to what I want to leave you with today. The changing dynamic and landscape of sport generally is exciting, it's happening, it's there in front of us. You've got to be involved. You know, and that, it might sound so simplistic and so obvious, but there's a lot of truth in it. And the day I was asked to do sponsorship as a teaching module, the day 30 years ago, probably when I was in commercial radio or started to get into business world for the first time, and people were saying, we'll get it sponsored. Effectively, all it meant was, let's throw money at it. Let's give something away. Let's do something with the budget that we've got, and we don't have to give it to the tax man. Or well, let's just put a name on it, and it'll work. And that was the end of it. It was seen not as the beginning, it was seen as at the end, and we'll just wait for business or whatever to beat a path to our door. And there were regulatory and almost societally or governance or various things that didn't allow sponsorship really to be what you and I know it, particularly you because you've kind of grown up a little bit more than I and Paul have or certainly I have in the past where sponsorship was a barometer or a benchmark. So let's think about that. I could have picked out anywhere in the world, it's just one of those things. Nearly 15 years or so ago in America, which leads the way in lots of the elements, not only with sponsorship, but maybe you've been bent, uh, you know, and you've seen it, and we've had obviously global sport business with conference and the University of South Florida and so on. So I thought I'd start my key thoughts, seminal considerations around in whatever the date line was, and obviously there's a there's a reference there, Russell, about 2013. But Levi's announced a 20-year sponsorship deal worth 220 million dollars with San Francisco 49ers. When that deal was announced, £12 million of sponsorship money, it was like, wow. It was like, not wow just for wow's sake, but wow, how can they do that? What's the purpose? What's the point of just throwing 
when the convention was you spent all your money on sales, on marketing, on real, and sponsorship still seemed very much as a throwaway kind of... So the question why? And I always want you to think about that as well. So in anything that you're writing a proposal on, when you've got the arrangement with, don't let the sponsor kind of dictate in a way or suggest that this is the only way or the best way of doing it because you've got to ask them what is the purpose, what is the objective. Ask those questions. And what Levi's were very good at doing, and you know, Levi's then would not necessarily be seen as aligned as a natural sports sponsor. You know, today we accept that quite often the sports sponsorship relationship is very obvious, if you like, or can be seen as the alignment is very strong. And the association investment and what, and I suggest if you're going to look at any textbook at all, Bettina Cornwell Sponsorship in Marketing by Brown, which is a very, very classic uh, text that you can have a look at. And I, and Bettina knows me quite well, in fact, the textbook that me and Paul going to get involved with on digital sport, um, we're using the same sports, uh, we're using the same publishing editor. And I like the phrase that, that, that she's used there it's a brand image boost. And when you start to think about sponsorship and branding, you know, it's not instead of, it's really re-energising it, giving it further momentum. That brand image boost, I think, is a great way to start today's session off in thinking about what that does and what it means. So it helps, it complements, and particularly ad budgets reach, and Levi saw it as reaching different audiences or a newer audience that they need to engage with, a youth target audience. In what was clearly, and how true is that bit, you know, the late 1990s, the millennials, and what's happening, as I keep referring to, this changing dynamic landscape, quickening, you know, hardly being able to keep up with the pace, almost, that that fragmentation, so you have to differentiate. Another thing that will come out, hopefully, of today's presentations, and the involvement that you have, is this standout and this memorability and this thing that you need to be distinctive in the approaches you take. And there is not, hardly speaking anyway, a one-fits-all, so differentiation is key. You would be asked that question. I mean, again, uh, 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 as an obvious icebreaker, I could have suggested that, you know, if you are pitching to Paul, if you are pitching to Alan, to, you know, be one of a new student group who's going to get a scholarship. Or if you are pitching to Redditch or you are pitching um, to get more sponsors, you know, for the things that you're involved with, Louisa, what is the key thing that you would say to them as part of the sponsorship proposition? Is there an answer to that, Robert? It's probably um, more things okay. at the same time, so... I'm not sure if there is a specific answer. Louisa, do you think there's um, anything? I think for us, because we're a new franchise, um, the most important thing is us establishing who we are in terms of values, um, because we're we're brand new to the area, as well as uh, netball being a relatively um, not high exposure sport. You see, what we will get, we'll all have different opinions, and once that something comes up. That is beautiful, Louisa, because almost by definition, you've given that golden incentive, that, that dust to hang on to, that thing that sponsors want, and you've used. And this is where sometimes 
You will be guided by asking the question and getting the feedback and getting the responses. But I almost made an assumption early on when I was kind of responding to your little mini statements, if you like, new, a new sport, a kind of sport that hasn't had necessarily the right kind of exposure. That's great news. You know, you're not competing against anybody. Be distinctive. And you'll keep hearing me say this and pointing to that. Any lessons, Ben, from America, your involvement there? Maybe you were looking for a tennis sponsor. Is there, is there just something that you would maybe put in a sponsorship proposition? Just something that works, basically. Something that works for both parties. Um, so obviously, when I was playing tennis, we were sponsored by a, a company that was sponsored by, I think it was, I think it was ASICS. And the shoes were terrible. And we didn't I know they are. I've still got them. <laughs> we didn't like them. Yeah. They yeah. didn't really like being sponsoring us, so we changed it. Yeah. We, and mutual benefit to both sides. You know, I love these three, I don't you? Ben, Ben, Paul, I'm totally taken. But you you just, and it's all on the record, which is even better, you know, and everything that you say, you know, sponsors, if I'm going to put money in, I want to get as much back as possible. You've said lots of things. Exactly. You know, and you two, both in your response there, what have you done? What did we talk about last night? You found a specific You've settled on something, and that's what you go after. And once you get on board, once you get on that road, you start to progress it. And don't don't try and get to the end game before you've even started. So, sponsorship in marketing begins with an organisation's investment. It is about money. You'll never escape that. If you are looking for a sponsor, or you as a sponsor, a sponsee of a sponsor, in a sponsored opportunity, of somebody who's looking. To, to, to get their name or awareness as you say then there's an investment it's not a fee it's not a spend per se it's an investment an investment surely begs the question almost or there's an inferment in there ROI or return on that investment or we get something you know when you place an ad you are looking to get people into your shop or you're looking to get people to buy things from you, or you're looking for that amount of money to return profit to you. So you've got to remember that. But it can be an event, a person, or activity. And what's the signage? What's the thing that you kind of sign on? What are you expecting from it? We're going to talk a lot more about that throughout this afternoon. But there's some kind of recognition or collaboration that supports the investor and the amount of money. And the interesting thing from the analogy or the example that I've used here with Levi's and the 49ers, they've based it a lot on tradition going back in time. Faithful then, faithful now. It's kind of a little slogan. And that again is a narrative, isn't it? It's a story. And I think you'll find that those kind of tenets or those kind of approaches Themes that happen in lots of sponsorship proposals, actions, uh, the duration of retaining them, and all the things that go within sponsorship will be linked to that. But throughout everything that you do in a sponsorship management module, as getting sponsorship, as many of you might well be, become involved in sponsorship negotiations and sponsorship um, roles, if you like, in your future careers in sport business management. Leverage and activations are at the heart of everything you do. So don't just put the money on the table, don't just put your name on it, 
make things happen from it and do things you know so absolutely key and we also see that now sponsorship and sport is not just about the sport and what is sport today yeah uh, I was playing golf with somebody the other day and somebody just happened to say uh, went into a, a, an American mile went into an American store and I was going in there thinking you know the night shop or whatever kind of brand association it was it all be about the sportswear in there they said there was nothing in there to do with sportswear it was all about fashion it was all about apparel it was all about everything to do with maybe lifestyle and lots of other things so a lot of pointers here a lot of things that you can think about but that's essentially my introduction to anything to do with sponsorship Never check the sound here. I'll get the players dating to meet the fans in the auction blue room. Answering your questions and getting the inside scoop. But no, there's poetry and listening to Snoop. Best thing about it, it's all going to be live. Come on, Danny. <laughs> Behind the scenes from the heart of the action with every live unscripted reaction. If someone punches it, the cameras keep rolling. Let's head in. Pies and pasties are calling. We'll get the players' perspective and you don't have to queue because the best seat in the house is reserved just for you. The stage is set, the entourage has arrived. Tune in England and experience it all live! Great campaign, interactive, speaks to you as a fan, wear the rose, O2 synonymous, you know, if I'd have done the kind of, I asked a hundred people on the street to name the sponsor of you know, England Rugby, I mean sort of converted almost, but the synergies are there, okay and just the way promotions, publicity the whole kind of connection and there will be some constants here so even in some of the things you've already said, O2 will have done exactly the same with England Rugby and England Rugby would have responded in exactly the same way so this relationship built and we talk a lot about sports properties in sponsorship so understand that term you know rights holders who've got the rights to sponsor you know who sponsors what's the county cricket club these days Small travel involved. Okay, but it's an interesting question, isn't it? And I, you, you didn't give me the most convincing of answer, maybe because you're absolutely, and I've been the same. And that's, I've just, just come front of mind. I know when I was at the University of Northampton, we did a deal with uh, Northampton County Cricket Club. It lasted a year. It was a complete, you know, and when I was there again, I said, what happened to the sponsorship? All this, it obviously didn't work. Now, you know, you've also got to be in, in this position where those kinds of things so they had the rights and they signed a contract that the University of Northampton and Northampton County Cricket Club would be seen as sponsor and sponsee the rights and rights holders to do all of the things involved with that and it would be as I've said earlier in the presentations and the commentary that I'm doing with you this afternoon events, activities, organisation per, uh, person but this is what we should be interested in possibilities into probabilities the potential that's there huge growth huge potential huge acknowledgement 
when me and Paul went to the European Sponsorship Association Awards a few weeks ago, it was there. You could feel it amongst the buzz was there. Lots of esports winners, Octagon, who we're doing business with, and we're hoping to get involved here with the university. And lots of different things that sponsors are doing. Very exciting, using new media, using social media, using technology. And what they're doing, sponsoring lots of new aspects that are out there. The changing landscape that I refer to. But also increased expenditure to current and existing. And you always hear it, you know, EPL, how much were the, I, I, I maybe should have checked out, but whatever it was worth, you know, five franchise, five existing uh, rights holders were given to BT and Sky to do, and I think there's one or two still in the pipeline or little things. So the potential and the growth, you never stop, uh, and, and I think this is absolutely crucial in your thinking here. Lastly, I just want to sow a few other thoughts with you on a kind of introductory basis there. Is the evolution of sponsorship, you know, I've already alluded to it, I go back a long way, and if I have to think of the changes that have taken place, and then the, the, the revolution rather than evolution, and the absolute, you know, breakneck speed of things that are happening in front of us now, on a daily basis, weekly and monthly, certainly. Uh, but what has also happened is as well as these people owe to an England rugby what you're also getting on the back of that is the octagon that I just mentioned who would sponsor and, and see it as what we loosely kind of often talked about a celebrity endorsement we're getting but talent management you know and getting these people looking after the you know the Daniel Sturridge's of this world that's probably a bad example at the moment but I've got it in front of mine so I'll use it but, you know, to, to actually look after all of their uh, activities in relation. So these large media, an optical part of the advertising conglomerate, which again I think is very important, not in isolation, into public, massive, massive agency group and involved in media and loads of other things, and they sit alongside them and they work in tandem and you've got to work. But without diluting what you're about and what is effective and that clearly for today's session, and lots of different things that we talk about anyway on a sport management uh, degree and all the other modules that you do. Sponsorship and entertainment marketing essentially sits and, 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 and is kind of concentrated within professional sports teams in America, particularly intercollegiate sports broadcasting and event management. And they're driven essentially by spotting and using talent and a lot of the focus these days is very strongly on data, uh, along the data analytics and various other things. Just to put a more global, perhaps, and just to kind of give some uh, consideration on that. shows your major themes are that time passes and love fades that sounds about right new dad on course triple zero is my go-to protein snack i got my butterfingers pretty cool yeah there you go switching to poise helps make life easier roll that thing
excited to be a part of PlayStation Heroes as a way to encourage the next generation and think outside the box. What are you going to do about it? Nationwide is on your side. Pocket like it's hot. Little Hidden Valley Ranch show, and that is just. Beautiful smoothie! What's up, sir? Never heard you buy it. All the fruits of Jimmy's are intimately tied with this notion of Wow. Do you not want to be part of that? Just smoking on rock and roll, getting excited. 1982, I'm in a boring management role at a newspaper. Newspapers are great. And somebody from commercial editing, Alan, you're the man for us. Come and join us in the radio revolution. And started to discuss, well, you're in there. You know, you guys there, attentive, smiling, kind of. It's all about the feel, isn't it? It's all about... There was probably some echoes for you just watching that from your days in America. It's not everyone, you know, it's not just fluff or it's not just, people might see it like that. But all I'll say for that is that you saw at the end there, you know, advertising, publicity, public relations, celebrity endorsement. There's loads of elements. And I think the encouragement that I would give to everybody and we witnessed this when, obviously, you came to the conference and saw some of those, but when we were out about the USF students and we went to properties, Crystal Palace, Wimbledon, uh, O2 Arena, you know, you, you kind of see these different things happening and you just think, you know, it's not just about I want to be a sports exec or I want to be involved in sport marketing and use marketing tools to promote a brand and so on. It's so much more. So just to finish, and then we'll kind of not have a break, but we'll just pause for a second, and, and maybe if there's any questions, or we'll, 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 we'll find what to do. Obviously, your course director and everything else, and your uh, peers, and people will talk to you about the conceptual, the academic, the rigour, the theory, and so on. And all I've tried to put in there, do read Bettina. Bettina will put you in front of lots of other... Uh, <laughs> My, my two references there are not necessarily current, but they come out of Bettina's uh, recent updated, I think it's a second edition. But it's about responsibilities. It's about engagement. It's about relationship. So one entity accepting responsibility with another. Very, very simple. When you draw up, Robert, the, the, the contract for £50,000 Redditch and University of Worcester, it'll be a two-way relationship and there'll be winners on both sides and you know, you take that in and it doesn't have to be all about the money, you know the, the phrase that we often used to use was 
you know, trade-offs and, you know, a win-win situation. And in some of those, you know, if they're, if they're wanting £40,000 for something, you can give them £40,000 of value in return so that the sponsorship doesn't necessarily sometimes have to have the harm and the, and the problem sometimes in justifying maybe to a finance director we've got to spend more money etc but that's for another day it, it's normally financial but it can be lots of other things sponsorship has been defined it's an exchange between the sponsor and the sponsee whereby the sponsee receives a fee or value and that's important there it's not just the money it's the value and I think somebody used that term and the sponsor themselves obtains the right to be, you know, the named holder of everything that goes with it and associates with every single activity. Which is why partners and associations, and when you see the big mega events like UEFA, like the Olympics, you know, don't go into the you know Olympic Park with a with a Mastercard because you you'll get very thirsty and very hungry very quick because you can't use your because Visa is the official partner and so on so you'll see some of those things happening perception is everything most problematic don't ever underestimate what perception means impressions you know and don't fall foul of them you know and just little things I mean lots of people talk today about body language and uh, and personalities and, and the use of words and, 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 and lots of other things I'm, I'm a conscious advocate of all of those things but ultimately it's very much about the activities and the results and the actual things that you do why do I love social media a lot, why do I use Twitter a lot sometimes it really upsets me and I'm sure it upsets lots of other things but what I like most of all about it is it enables me to do what I want to do. And that's start a relationship that I can see flourishing or I can see benefiting, moving forward, all of those people who want to get involved in it. And if you don't, we're not really interested in you. Or politely, we'll leave you alone. And I think that is such a wonderful, wonderful lesson. And I think education should be like that, and, and I think that's why sport and education to me are just massive, massive partners. So, but when I first started, you know, it, it, you know, it was the sponsor whole sway. You know, you're bound to want to be with this. We'll just put a few things out, and you know, and it, they tended to be, you know, it was almost exploitable assets was a phrase that has been used from time to time which I mean or you know they're almost getting this it shouldn't be like that and again Farley and Quest have given great it's all about a cooperating alliance so guys that's a little kind of starting point for us uh, on my kind of first and I'm going to just making not a change in what I've just said but uh, I think probably be better if I could just get most of my talking in a kind of formal sense done now so that we can get into some more of the what I see as being very beneficial for you and probably a little bit more stimulating and exciting but I think me coming here today two things I have to do I wanted to, you guys to know I'm very much a part of what you're doing going forward until you graduate or until anything else goes forward and Paul knows that and secondly, you are key. Ambassadors, all the things that we need to do, which is why we're going down this recording room and lots of other things. 
for a new generation of next year and preceding years going forward with connections that we're going to make with other universities globally to deliver the kind of education through management programs like this that have to be founded in a university on concepts and theory and some of the content you've got but importantly as well and I think this is where I'd like to come in more and more is because of the involvement that I've had very much on the practitioning side and in the kind of media and everything else. So I've just done a very similar but a shorter presentation for you. Um, these will all be made available, so I, I don't know how people, you know, you might want to make notes, you might want to just... But there's some key facets here that you would take as your kind of headline pointers. And if you were doing your portfolios, if you were doing an assignment, if you're doing the kind of thing... I'm sure these kind of things would be very profitable for you to put in to your um, kind of uh, appraisal assignment, whatever you do. You need those definitions, uh, what it does, and in the first presentation I've kind of given you some pointers there. What you're also always looking for is that kind of, what in sales terms you might have termed the USP or distinctiveness, you know, the highlights, the angle that you're going to take. And don't ever be afraid to ask the Redditch manager, anybody that you want to get involved and so on and so forth, is what are you looking for? What are you expecting? And if there's no real positive response or real response to that, you really need to keep revisiting it to make sure that the potential, the objectives and the associated market segments, they're all tying up in a wrong place, wrong time. Uh, highlight the key elements of the sponsorship who you're, who's, who, who you're addressing to who's your audience etc you'll put a sponsorship proposal together and we'll talk a little bit about that before we leave today um, a written sponsorship proposal a verbal sponsorship proposal a contractual sponsorship proposal terms of reference You know, there are lots of different ways in which you could put the proposal elements together. Um, and again, it should be in isolation. So the start point to do lots of things. I think, Robert, when you said they're going to get lots of things, what the reference point there is, you know, if you think this is the best sponsorship you've ever done, you know what I'm going to do? You see behind the goal here, Redditch United, we're going to have Big Al's Bakery on there, which is my business, and you'll be delighted with that one. I'm going to give it you for a knockdown price. Fantastic, you know. You throw whatever money at it, at it and it's a complete utter waste of time. Because how many people are going to see that? You know, I've made a comment to Paul, so said, and this is the way it'll go, so don't worry. And there's only five of us could report back on it, isn't there, really? If the truth be known about how, how effective it is. How many people do Reddit United get at their game, on average? Do you know that, Robert? 300. They are great. So you're an expert already, aren't you? Okay, 300. How many people live in Reddit? 85,000. That's what I Okay, so do you want to put all your money behind a banner at the match where 300 people go, or do you want to dominate the 85,000 people in Reddit? Give me your answer now. The second one. And they are. Now, I'm going to sit where you are, and you can continue to do the rest of the establishment. Because, no, I've I I probably made it sound so simple, but you know what? And Paul will probably tell me, and if we get a chance to socially chat later, or whenever. 
You know, I can tell you a few other real stories, and I mean, even what I've just said now is a real story, because that's what you've got today. And once you've got the trust, and then you've got the confidence, and all the other peripherals that have to go with it. But you know what? And if the guy said to me, Alan, I've heard you're quite good, find me a sponsor, let's do these things. I said, how many people would you like at your, your next home match? You give me a lead time. Let's say the next home match in April. How many people? It would, would, would be a realist. You know, let's, let's have... Let's take 500. Okay, 500. I think that's fair. I'll get you 1,000 there. And I won't charge you any more. Let's get 1,000 people. Now, if we can't collectively, with all the experts and everything going, we could make this the biggest non-league game ever held in the county of Arrington, Worcestershire. Good, good, good spot, Alan. Geography was never my strong point, or name remembering, but there you go. So, so, and why not raise the bar? And do you know what? All we have to do is get more than 500, because that's what he would have been happy with. Does that make sense? Do you know, and the more I actually, I'm, I'm thinking aloud in some ways here, but the more you actually start to really think, about what it is you want to do. You know, you never ever throw any of this stuff away. But the most important thing of all is the ability to just relate to somebody and think on your feet and kind of think. So, <laughs> I'm talking to this, I'm leaving this with Paul and it will be available and I've put it together. I've spent a lot of time putting lots of things together for you because I love doing it. But at the end of the day, it's only as good as, or only going to be important, if I can just say some of the things. Now, I may, I'm sorry I'm not leaving you tonight, you two will very quick and sit, but Reddit is my new major project now, and me and you will go in there and we'll, we'll kill this on there, won't we, for anything that we can do. But it, it, it's just thinking aloud here. So that's, my, that's the way you do a proposal, in some ways. But you then do it very, very professionally, very... And, leveraging, getting the most out of it. The activation, you'll keep hearing these words. Now Liverpool Football Club, I, um, obviously I, I, I will refer to it more than once or twice, so I, I, I think. And lots of the legends, and there are some legends still there, going out to Indonesia, going out to Malaysia, going, and they're going out, they're not just playing a football match, they're there for 24-7, and they're in all the activation zones. So somebody is having a competition to knock the goalie over by shooting at him, playing against Ian Rush. And everyone's YouTubing it and videoing it, and it's going fire. I mean, how good is that? I mean, it doesn't sound rocket science, does it? To, it wouldn't have done if I'd have been saying this to my class of 20 years ago. You're off your rock, darling. It's not going to happen. But it is that easy. And really all I'm trying to do, obviously. So, what are the principles? Now, these two here, it's all your other modules as well, in a way. I'm not kind of deflecting away. But it does sit very comfortably. So, any analytics, any data, uh, the, the equivalences that we'll probably talk about, evaluations, and those at the... You, did you all go to the conference yet? Yeah? So, so when you when you heard uh, Andy Westlake, Sophie Morris, and Jackie Fast talking about metrics and evaluation, I think they gave the best answer. Yeah, you can pick up on some. But the best metrics of all are you know the bombs on seats and the people buying you know uh, products and merchandise and lots of other things. And, and th this whole last area involved you know guerrilla marketing disruption 
and loads of the other things that are going on. Very quickly, engagement with new existing audiences, alliance with marketing and business objectives, and what you think, I think I was trying to think of something that really is the kind of separate parallel, but is quite consistent with lots of things that uh, connect with sponsorships, yeah? And I think one of those is it's about doing good things. I think if you're kind of, if I had to put something, I might not be able to convincingly prove it, but I think causal related good causes, and whether that merges into philanthropy, uh, the charities and all those, but I think it's something, and there's a whole industry in sponsorship that's connected with that, um, it was interesting because we were just going through a few talking points this morning and again I've got it, I'm going to go nowhere near finishing a third of what I probably intended to do with you today which basically means I can come back three times or you can get it all online and we, and we can do lots of others but I did another similar presentation to my first ever students at the University of Northampton in 2004 and a lot of what was in that presentation from trip for, and we were just going but I was delivering it as a advertising, marketing, public relations branding where sponsorship was being used quite obviously a lot of the cases in the very first time or in a very limited way I obviously because probably of my interests above all else I use lots of sports touch points yeah? but the similarities and the synergies so what was distinctive about that American Octagon video that you saw. What, what was distinctive there? What would it, if you had to just capture something that was in there, or what was sown a seed in you, what mechanisms, what tools were they using to, to put that together? What was a, a vision or an impression you got from it? Well, for me, the one, the one of the main things that stood out was, um, obviously, spending time in America watching a lot of TV, is the sort of the jingles and the catchphrases that they play there. <laughs> and, and, celebrity involved, brilliant. Yeah, and, and it was... This, you know, play some raz, get some music out there, make it look, you know, glam, what, what, whatever those adjectives were. And quite interestingly, I, I made a, a statement that the sponsorship is so good because it sits very comfortably with sports, the arts, and music. And that's, that's the business we're all in. You're not just involved in sport, you're in, and obviously business will tie it all together and management is a, a part of it. But if you want to promote and be involved in sports, the arts and music, which I would guess, if I went on the street and said I want the first hundred people to come and be part of a project with me and Dr Paul Blakey for the next three months, for the next three years, and you're going to be involved in sports, the arts and music, do you want to sign up now? they find it very difficult not to at least come to the table and say, tell me what I need to do. So, I'm going to leave that with you as a strong thought. That causal related angle. Trends. I've done another short finishing presentation for you, and I've done it through the lens of public relations. Because one of the things me and Paul talked about was, I don't know how, if any, you've had any content delivered... Uh, content, or sorry, in presentations, lectures, seminars, whatever, but I want to just deliver a little bit, because I think sport and sponsorship, for that very reason I've just mentioned, do sit very close together. So we'll look at trends, alignments, important audiences, segmenting, and the context, the, 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 the context of, and the connection between PR and social responsibility.
you can all be great marketers, yeah? Raise loads of money. Be very good at producing results effectively. But you can also market for good, yeah? So you can use your marketing and sponsorship to make people feel better, to support good causes and so on. So I think those and this short presentation it's all about just giving you these headlines, these signposts, yeah, these trip four points. And it's a study style for me as much as a study presentation style. And I, and, and I think, and me and Paul have had a few uh, shared experiences of different ways you could deliver content to your students and, and whatever. But, you know, if, if, if you've got, and you take from these eight slides that I put together, 16 in the two presentations, you've got enough signposts for you to be able... You know, to, to write your portfolios up and your assignments and your uh, whatever things you need to do. Leveraging, I mean, that list today could be 20. You know, you could put so many different things in there vouchers, uh, you know, uh, going into town and, and, and doing uh, little publicity stunts, you know, flash mobs. I mean, yeah, I could just start thinking aloud of all the things. That you do, you know, webinars, anything you want. But competition price publicity and this kind of new involvement. So, you know, uh, what was the Reddit story, Paul, that you talked about with uh, trying to get an activity happening from the sponsor on the day? You know, because I think one of the problems is that a sponsor can kind of, you know, could you put a spa bath in behind the goals or in the in the in, in, in way end for, for on a nice you know March April afternoon's football match if the main sponsor is all about outdoor spa baths? Well, simply yes, why not? You know, twenty twenty cricket and David Lloyd and everyone have kind of built little careers on the back of it. Some of it's not going to work. Some of it will be absolutely <coughs> crazy. But you've got to kind of. Think about the, the the kind of relationship build and the syn the synergy that goes with it, so you can build that into any leveraging. And you must does it work? Somebody said, you know, find out as it worked. So equivalences, you know, in PR we talked about advertising and How could you measure PR? Well, you always used to say for all of this coverage that you got, it was the equivalent of spending. 30, 40, 50 grand on advertising and we, we talk about that a lot in lots of the things and lastly and this particular area is so, I mean you saw John Burkhart there, you know you don't need me to say much more on things like disruption sports sponsorship occurs when you get that relationship and obviously I've already mentioned that so Make sure that you always think along those lines of the term it's in a business context. Okay? We're going to take a short break, just take a five, ten minute time out. When you come back, we're going to just start a little discussion on this dedicated, very specific case study that I've written up. You'll see it's dated June 2016. I have amended it slightly, not just for today, but for, for other reasons, and taking a time out. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are halfway through 
which has been an absolutely amazing experience for me as a host here or as a presenter at the University of Worcester with Dr Paul Blakey, some great students from the Sport Management Degree Programme. And we've broken off just to really do some little reflections and, and a kind of exercise. You're in the real world, but we know what the real world's about. It's full of dreams, illusions, expectations, but sometimes very difficult to deliver. But I believe that the talent that I'm in front of today, my belief in all students, and particularly my belief in the sports education processes that I go through with lots of students, is that by putting students in positions of real belief and real live engagement scenarios, they're all winners. There's no losers in this exercise. And the point of the exercise, I'm going to just outline to you as a listener today or as an audience or wherever this programme goes out in the future, these three students were given the opportunity to do a very short pitch, no more than a couple of minutes to myself and Dr Paul Blakey, outlining what their dream job would be in sponsorship as the sponsorship manager, director, lead player, and they got to choose which sports property or which sports entity that they wanted to do. We've got Ben speaking on behalf of his dream. You're not going to believe this. Seriously. Make a note of the date. March the 12th. The biggest disaster day, some would say, in West Ham United's history. Sorry, West Ham United fans out there, but all is not good. And his dream job pitch is, and maybe is much needed, in fact, he may start tomorrow <laughs> as the new sponsorship manager for West Ham United. I've got Louisa, who equally, she's really fantastic anyway, in doing the job for Seven Stars Netball at the moment, but she's got great aspirations, obviously, and she wants to become the sponsorship manager I have to make sure I've got the right name Adelaide Australian Diamonds Australian Diamonds I knew it was the Diamonds and the national team they are number one nothing bigger, nothing better and Louise is just going to put a pitch together so that she can take over all of the sponsorship range and last, Robert is going to pitch and it's slightly different in the sense that we're going to talk about a sports organisation here and wants to run and be in charge of all sponsorship arrangements, negotiations, proposals and outcomes uh, for the Slovakian Olympic organisation. So we've got three great short presentations. It's not formal there, just some ideas for it to consider. One, two or three to begin with. Ben. Wonderful, I can start, that's fine. Um, so obviously, sponsorship with West Ham is a challenging time at the moment, um, but that's that's good because the thing about the West Ham fans at the moment, the West Ham team, is there's no connection to roots. The, the big stadium move ruined everything, and um, it was just not. It wasn't. It wasn't what West Ham West Ham fans were promised, and no one's happy at the moment. Um, and obviously, West Ham came through as a sort of a, a labourers team is the, the Thames Ironworks and I looked into sort of the sponsorship you're going back to that um, looking at um, the, e, the ELBA which is um, the East London Business Alliance and what that does is essentially it builds the connection between businesses and the local community now that is for me at the moment and for a lot of fans of West Ham that's what the team and the club is missing so to bring that in as a 
as a relationship and a connection is something that's going to benefit, obviously, not only the ELBA is for exposure, but um, West Ham is bringing what the fans deem the club needs back to the roots of the club, basically. Ben, I'm going to just stop there because what I really wanted to come out of this... Everybody knows that when we start to want something, we start to go for an interview, we start to talk about what's the problem, what's the solution, we talk about relationships, you've used the relationship model in a way in your pitch to us or in your offering it to take over the sponsorship range at West Ham United. But what you have done beautifully, brilliantly, a great construct, is you've highlighted themes that are needed to get connected and to start again. And if nothing else, I'm sure lots of people, when problems arise, that the first point of call is almost to either wipe it clean, revisit, start again, or, and importantly what you've suggested, Ben, find some positives. Um, Using phrases like the challenge, a good time, go back to the roots bring in the alignments the association, the relationships with the, the old irons and the business and the working communities, so there are so many real real connect points there and if I was teaching, which I am and I'm involved with the University of Worcester and Dr Paul Blakey on the course and now uh, the gathered three students that we're just doing this short presentation uh, this afternoon on that is a success story. And I think hopefully a lot of you and a lot of my audience or listeners have got so much from that. Louisa, Louisa, tell us about the Australian Diamonds. So uh, the Australian Diamonds are the world's number one netball team. Um, and in my role as uh, liaising with strategic and sponsorship partnerships, I would look to develop the players into household names in Australia and around the world netball community. Um, I'd be looking to spread the stories, the charisma of these players, the battles, rivalries and competition that takes place Um, and use particularly the social media channels to spread these stories. Um, I'd look to develop strategic commercial partnerships that align the Australian Diamonds team values of sisters in arms with key Australian-based companies to help develop the growth of the sport, particularly uh, make alignment to the work already being done in Aboriginal communities. Um, I'd take the Samsung partnership that's currently in existence through the uh, fantastic Play Like a Girl campaign Um, but look to develop more activations with both players and audience. So, for example, could run uh, a Play Like a Girl competition um, or Play Like a Girl uh, advertising opportunities. Um, The other main aim I would uh, be pushing is to develop the Australian Netball League, making the TV coverage of the games, which is currently only available on Australian netball channels, uh, to TV channels or TV audiences uh, around the world. Questions? It's always difficult at these moments, Louisa, and you've proved it there. You've just got to listen to the silence. And it's very difficult. And the pause and the silence there, on my part and on Dr. Paul Blake's part, and for the benefit of my audience who are going to listen to it, if you ever want conclusive proof that 
students are worth listening to. And it's a currency at the moment that's got lots of mileage out there and lots of other people are listening to what I'm saying at the moment. That believe in them and listen to them and find some of the ways in which they come up with ideas and real ideas and ideas and purpose of this little exercise is that make sense and could be seen as effective. You had a wonderful constructed argument, a wonderful constructed analysis and more importantly got to the heart of what we're trying to do today and that is make sponsorship relevant and think about sponsorship in, in action. It's there for us to discuss. I've had a request and the beauty of good broadcasting or good connections is I often use this word segue and if I needed a prompt and a segue from my co-host today Dr Paul Blakey I just got one about 10 minutes ago. Tell the Qantas Australian story. So I'm going to let you come in in a minute, Robert, so don't panic. But I'm also, if you ask somebody to do something, do it yourself as well. So I'm putting myself, and 15, 20 years ago, I was playing out this similar role. The fact that I was a sales director of a radio station at the time had some kudos and relevancy, so... But, you know, sorry, promotion and all the other things were at the extent at the end of it. So it was a real exercise. And like you've alluded to in your comments here, strategic partnerships, global household names, getting these people out there, using social media, lots of great things which would make it work. I got a phone call from reception at a radio station I was working for saying, I've got a guy downstairs wants to see you, Alan. He says he knows you. He said he played football with you. Uh, and you remember him. And his name was Davis. I can't even remember his surname. And I said, yeah, I vaguely remember. Send him up to the office. I'm going to cut out a lot of the, the little small talk in this, but there was a lot of good small talk, which perhaps I shouldn't tell you all about. Uh, because some of that small talk perhaps was just for me and uh, the guy I was speaking to but the summation of it was he had heard about the radio station and how well it was doing uh, in Lancashire at the time and he also knew me and he also had taken up the sponsorship manager's new role for Qantas Airlines in Australia he had to think on his feet I had to think on the because you know what? He came and knocked on my door. I've got a big budget, Alan. I want to spend it. I'm probably going to give you the opportunity at the radio station to spend this sponsorship money. Fantastic. But you've got to come up with something pretty smart. <coughs> I did that. I thought about it. And very simply, the response from me was, Lancashire had, at the time, and history dictated, that in the late... 1950s, 1960s, so I'm going back 50 years in truth, more people than ever were able to go as um, Brits, repatriate themselves as immigrants to Australia for £10 and start a new job, a new career, a new life, and most people took up this offer. So what happened was you've got the opportunity with all of these people to have a story to tell. And what I constructed with my breakfast presenter, with my sales team, was we held a weekend's festival in the major city in Lancashire where we hosted 
a conference, a convention, a celebration of all things Australian. And Qantas Airlines was opening up new routes from Manchester Airport and our radio station project fringed on that. And what did I do to make it happen? Activations as new views. And I asked my breakfast presenter to go and spend three weeks on the radio's expense talking to people in Australia who had connections with all the families who were our listeners. How good is that? Do any of you remember a programme called Surprise Surprise? Louisa, you can hold up to that. Thank you, that's all I needed. Okay. This was before Surprise Surprise. I'm just throwing that out here to get a little bit of the, the thought process here. Yeah. So, so pay attention. Just listen to the final part of this. I'm nearly there. So people wrote in they were asked to join a competition to tell us all about their long-lost mother, sister, brother who'd gone out to Australia and tell us how they'd like to meet up with them again. The weekend was a celebration. So on the Saturday, we had loads of Australian shoppers or, or stalls or opportunities for Foster's Lager, for BT, for anybody to do with Australia. And then on the final day, on the Sunday... We had everyone who'd entered the competition to come in and be part of a celebration. Uh, we had a couple of well-known celebrities at the time, Jim Boyle and Anakin Rice, fronting some of the uh, events and things that were going on. And what happened at the end of it, the competition winners watched the screen where my breakfast presenter was talking to them and they were seeing it in the audience and gave shout-outs or the phones were ringing courtesy of BT, and they were ringing up. The emotion, the personalisation, the tailoring of it. And the winner was announced, and Paul Blake's mum and dad were on the television there, and everyone was getting excited, and they were waving, and saying, oh, these poor came down to collect his prize, which was an all-expenses ticket to Melbourne to see these dad had that. But that's not all part. And from behind the screen, his mum and dad came out and then they had to greet him. I leave you with that thought and everything that goes with it. If that's not pure activation, leverage, getting everybody, and that promotion spread over three months, the combination of that, all of the sponsors of that, just think about what they got out of it. We as the radio station got Qantas to pay us huge amounts of money to be sponsors of everything that went on. Measure it, evaluate its success, and it led to lots of other things. Robert, tell us about Slovakia Olympic. Why I, you want I, to I work for them? A bit differently. Um, so I didn't focus on what, what I would do, but uh, why I'm appropriate candidate. Is it okay? Fine. Right, so uh, Slovak Olympic Association is currently struggling uh, with, uh, with finances. Okay. So at the moment they have problems to finance their athletes. Our athlete from Pyeongchang 2018, Anastasia Kuzminova. So she, with her team, they won one golden, two silver medals, but they still didn't pay for their accommodation. So Olympic um, Federation is, uh, Association is currently struggling. The funding from from government is very small uh, because of the bad government governance of our association. And sponsorship is a very crucial revenue for them, uh, like commercial sponsorship, but they don't really consider this at the moment. So I have the advantage that 
with my very bright education education background, so I had a chance to study in Finland, in Slovakia, in England. I understand these things. I saw very different perspectives. I saw different sport environments. And with my master degree in England, and with my sport sponsorship modules, with my good governance modules, I understand the content. And I had a chance to have a real life work experience in a football club where my most focus was on sponsorship. So I understand the need, the, the, the need, the change, the need for a change is very necessary and I understand where they should go. That's why I think I'm, I would be appropriate. Robert, what you've done, and every presentation, little pitch, starting the discussion, starting the opportunity process, as I would call it, has been crafted and constructed exactly to a brief of both Slovakia, Australia, West Ham United could all take heed of the opportunities and the debating discussion theme <coughs> points that you've produced into this discussion. Right, we're returning to the activities and more importantly as well in today's final session uh, in this uh, sponsorship presentation but I've said sponsorship can't be looked in isolation and sponsorship centres very much around community, good cause and we have to touch on the ethical issue and the students have just been discussing and we're going to report back on that in another session later on uh, after Easter when we're going to talk about a case study involving ethical issues uh, with Tiger Woods, Marisha, Hove Knight and one or two other associated issues but I've just put a little kind of uh, thought process together on sponsorship and its link with public relations and what we mean by public relations. There are many definitions of public relations. I see public relations today being much more about reputation management. Public relations in the past, people used to talk about things like spin and putting a, a kind of a perspective on things. The true origins of public relations were in the old days or in times gone by, good people stood up and were the voice of people who didn't feel they had a voice. A lot of public relations uh, advisors, consultants, executives started off working in local councils, politically or socially or doing things to help people. And that was, apart from where it originated, uh, you know, in the 1920s in America with lots of theories and uh, shows and various things where they were proponents of publicity and publicity machines. But time's gone on. So I just want you to think about some of these phrases that I've used. It's clear, wrote 20th century philosopher Wittgenstein, that ethics cannot be put into words. You know, you've got to feel it. You've kind of got to sense it. Perspective. You know, it, it's, it's the kind of, you know, unheard things. What's out there? What's the noise like? Can you sense it? You've got an instinct for it. Truth or fiction? Ethics, effectively, goes back in time to uh, um, the Greek word ethos, meaning character. So it is about, you know, good things and trusting and reputation and is it the right thing to do? You know, we have phrases today, don't be politically correct, moral compass, all of these things. And they do come into sponsorship. You'll get asked these questions. Is it going to be right, you know, to do these things? Yeah. Is it right? What are my pet 
should I say this yet, why not? But a lot of the things that are happening in sport today upset me in sponsorship terms. You watch, I watch a lot of football and Sky Sports. When they go to an ad break, what's the first ad you hear? Bet360. Bet says, Bet365, sorry Ray, I don't want to listen to you. Sorry West Ham. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And we bet responsibly. I'd love to meet a person who can bet responsibly. It's a question. But I'm taking a standpoint here. I am in control because I'm the lecturer and I'm talking to an audience. I'm making a comment. And there's a question mark behind everything. And it's a thought process. And we should have more of these discussions. And, you know, uh, and there are lots of issues there. But I've just introduced it. So, you know, character. But my comment here is, and why I've maybe used that as an example, uh, character, it makes sense. Good ethics build character and reputation. Bad ethics destroy them. So just some points, thoughts for you today. Ethics are beliefs about right and wrong that guide the way we think and act. So we in business, we in sponsorship, we in sports, business, education, and loads of the things that we're involved in, I use the phrase, you know, why not be good marketers? Why not make money? Why not develop sales and everything else? But why not also market for good and use marketing as a, as a good tool to enable lots of good things to happen? And generally ethics does get associated with that. And we all work to codes. You know, I'm a chartered member of the public relations. You know, and I have to act professionally, responsibly. You know, if you're a lawyer, if you're an estate agent, you know, there's governors, there's regulation. And sadly, in many ways, it seems to be forgotten sometimes. And we could have another side debate here. You know, common things that are supposedly, you know, fake news, uh, putting things out that maybe lack some substance. So, but, you know, people are governed by professional codes. You know, Hippocratic Health for doctors... I've always suggested that lecturers and people in education have a, a professional duty, and a duty of care and a duty of uh, educational uh, professionalism to deliver in a certain way. So organisational codes, personal codes. The societal codes, I mean, again, we can talk about it. They're relevant to lots of the things you do, whether you put the moral, the religious, the cultural. But they should be... Uh, delivered in the spirit of humanity. And uh, you, you will not do well in sports, sport business, sport sponsorship, unless you recognise the importance of personalisation and the respect you have within relationships that we've talked about. So I think that's where my idea of things that we talk about in the sponsorship world, you'll come up against all of this. Advertising standards. Honest, decent, legal, truthful. Some people perhaps do not understand any or all of those four things, you know. And if you, know, and if, and if you go on your holiday and the brochure of the state and the travel agents told you the villa's, you know, half a mile from the beach and it takes you three hours to get there on the train, then somewhere along the line, the information has not quite worked properly. So, again, 
think about those things. The organisational codes, I mean, it's quite interesting that confidentiality clauses and things that businesses today are involved in, you know, you're obliged to do some or all of these things. I don't know how rigorous or rigid or how it's, you know, fulfilled in some ways, but I'm just putting some thoughts out there for you. And one of the thoughts I want to definitely mention is kind of a belief, a theory almost conceptually of of three areas of ethical behaviour. Compliance with the law, conflicts of interest, you know, can you represent two car companies within the same organisation, advising sponsorship of them or doing business with them, that's just a kind of professional, and ultimately the preservation of all that's reputable either physically or notionally or on uh, financially of the uh, the assets so that's one way of looking at it um, where do we stand today in this em- in this environment of moral or social compass and you know, doing right or wrong what upsets one person might not upset others and, and it, we are at a dangerous maybe that's over uh, egging it a little bit. We are in a very difficult tipping point or sensitivity area in this particular personal code at the moment. But I know as a lecturer, I know as a teacher, I know as a sports professional, a sports person, I also know in terms of educational duty of care and so on, that the principles of human decency, honesty, integrity and regard for your fellow human beings or paramount, and I would advocate here that me just giving you an insight, just some pointers here in the relationship to sponsorship and PR can kind of sow these seeds in here for thoughts and ideas, and we can have discussions on these more uh, the next time. Uh, and I want to refer to something, it's not on the actual recording here, but in the case study that we're going to look at, uh, the students and people, just for reference point, uh, look at the pot of box. Uh, theory, diagram uh, for the purposes of this right let's just conclude here then on some closures some summations for you bringing PR together with sponsorship but although normally I'm talking about new PR trends here I'm talking about the importance of trends and where we're going and one of the things you're all going to be talking about is you're great today and you can ring the bell and everyone's happy that you've got a thousand people at Redditch Football for next week. You have forgotten all about Paul Blake, University of Worcester, Louisa, etc. Because you know what, guys? I'm the new sponsorship manager at West Ham United, and I start in June. When you get there, some of the realities of it will be someone gives you a problem, or the sponsor has pulled out. So always be aware, always try to. You know, if you could predict, you know, if you'd invented, I don't know, in our joke, the Rubik Cube, or you'd done something that, you know, if you'd have been the Bill Gates of today, or I only wish I could have done that. But you can be, because I believe that within all of us, and I think the three short presentations we did earlier, and you will know this, Ben, in America quite often, and I refer to their successes quite a lot, you could be number one in something. Find out. And I'm sure there is a seven stars, if not number one in something today, which I'm sure they are, 
will find a way of making them number one in, in, in something else. And I'm sure Slovakia Olympics will find a sponsor to enable them to get more and more representation in some of the areas. And we know Redditch United are going all the way to Wembley and they'll be the new Wimbledon of the future. So, and now I'd say here, you know, that aspect of being positive may be the best trend of all. May well be the best trend of all. So, what am I... These are not old, these are not new, but they are worth repeating. So, let me just quickly, and I'm kind of singing it to you almost. I don't sing. I, I do pronounce it a couple of times, and I do get quite enthusiastic and excited about things. But, it's all about the dynamics of exposure. If you've got it, tell people. Shout it. Don't be afraid. Walk on stage. Every time you're in front of somebody, you this is easy, you know, stuff here. It's easier the more and more you do it in lots of ways because I can decide what I'm going to say by and large. I can control most of the things I do. And if it doesn't quite happen, I can still make something out of it. So what I'm saying is you just need to talk to more people, Louisa, on behalf of seven stars. And one of the things you rightly said was if somebody keeps hearing your story I'll give you some money I'll find a sponsor for you and you need more Louises and Allens to be telling this story where did I start today? the new narrative we've all got a story to tell so shout your story and the exposure element which is why I love social media a lot it gives you the opportunity I ran the very first ever sports marketing conference for universities, university students in 2010 six months after I'd written a brand new degree for them, I was hosting the very first ever sports conference for students academics and practitioners why? because I said I could do it and we need to do it and so the belief and we got exposure for it so and make it good make it dynamic, make it happen buzz Keyword, develop things around it. All of those activities, activations, leverages. So PR, simply because of what it can do for you. Clamour for your pod products. You know, that idea of KFC, if you can't get it, you want it more. Yeah? Notoriety. Everyone's famous. You know? Roald Dahl, 15 minutes of fame. That was Roald Dahl, whoever it was. Uh, we go up, Marshall McLuhan, wasn't it? No, we'll get there soon. Put your social concerns in front of new publics. Set the record straight. Provide a break opportunity. Stifle, minimise conversation. We've touched on lots of those things in terms of the crisis study that we're going to be doing in our next session. Word of mouth, nothing better. There's absolutely nothing better. You know, if I say on the record here, should I say it, Paul? Because it's on the record. Ben, waste of time. <laughs> Absolute waste of time. By the time that word of mouth comment gets to Jessica, who isn't with us today, and Jessica happens to think Ben's an okay kind of guy, the likelihood is Jessica will come to me and say, you... And it could be anything that I've said by the time it gets to... So, just be mindful... 
uh, I'm delivering it here through a public audience and on the record and, and, and online. But I'm, I'm comfortable. And by the way, this is audio. Oh, actually, it's video as well. Ben is really, really waving, smiling, and, and he's comfortable. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so, but again, I hope my presentations with you today, and we've talked and touched about, hopefully there's some sense and semblance of connectivity and connecting all of the things. So my closure is about new language, create stories. Shake that dictionary up. You know, how did Roger's thesaurus start? You know, you, I always think that, and, you know, I just love the power of words, I love the power of language, and maybe that's because I've got more and more in education and more and more in some broadcasting and, 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 and some discussion points. So you can really create a much better effective vehicle to engage, to have discussions, to do the things that business advertising and sponsorship and lots of the things that you're doing on your sport management degree and get people to be your voice. You know, the best voice of all is your own, but if the voice of yourself is echoed and resonates with other people and they start shouting the same as you and on behalf of you, you've got a great vehicle to deliver on. And that's why celebrity endorsement and product placement and brand and some of the things that Octagon were doing earlier on that I talked about. And those what? Guarantee is a strong word we use maybe at times. And that exposure, immediate exposure, can also be a, a weakness as well as a strength, can't it? So, to the people out there who've fallen foul, and we probably all have done things that we regret or wish we could do again, but, you know, a mantra of stop, pause and go quite often is think, think a little bit first, before you do things. So maybe some of those. But you've not got to be afraid. Tell it, tell it, tell it again. Bounce back ability. So if you have to justify something, after you reinvent something, if you have to come back, keep punching me because I'll keep bouncing back. You know, resistance to, um, persistence to, persistence with. These are tenets, these are characteristics, these are traits of all the good things. You know, and, and it's amazing, so that's probably not, well, it, it's quite, I suppose, recent in, in, in some sense. But you know your product's good. If you go back in time, you know, in my generation, hoovering meant you were cleaning the carpet, you know, and writing with a bio. These were the generic names for the product inventors. So, you know, lots of those people and lots of those things, and that's a great testimony to how well you're doing Hitch your wagon to a star. Take it to the streets. What did I do with you earlier? It went very quiet, didn't it? And if somebody you think is talking about you and whispering about it, they're bound to get your attention, aren't they? So I'm not the best advocate, I wouldn't say, quite often, because I'm, I'm, I may be seen as a little loud occasionally or I may want to keep talking. Or, But there is a time... You know, for quiet reflections, pausing, silence, you know, particularly in negotiations, particularly in sales. He who speaks first in maybe negotiation always loses. These are not, these are not the rules of 
or the absolutes or, or the only ways or necessarily the best advice but it's worth thinking about leave no stone unturned I reflect I made a comment to Paul last night when we were just running through this you know you could all walk on water you could all produce the kind of miracles you know to walk on water it's simple you just need to know where the pebbles are as you traverse across the water there's always a way of achieving and doing things cruise the news show glamorous passion when I put that headline together it was kind of a bit provocative but you kind of think and if we think I used the phrase fake news earlier merchants of exposure you know the idea you know when I told my mother uh, suddenly passed away um, that I was leaving my teaching job that I trained for in a book and I was going to work for a newspaper as an ad manager you can imagine how she felt and that kind of you know well it's all about sales and advertising is tainted and, and the press today but there is the other side of it you can use the press for good things and merchants do a lot of good things so just think about some of the elements in sponsorship, PR, communications all of the things that you're going to do in your because they are powerful get them on side get the right ones on side have your whatever book you have nominally or metaphorically you need to network I went confidently to my dean of the business school and said I'll put a conference on for nothing because I'll find ways of getting people to support me and I'll get some newspapers involved I'll get some presenters involved I'll get some practitioners involved and they'll do it because I'm asking them to do it and once you've built up that kind of you will find times the Americans when you were over I'm sure you saw it I'm sure Louisa at some point somebody has called in a good you know when you need someone to, uh, to to do something for the for the netball team or something so just use the people and try and put things in, in other contexts there's always more to what you see on the surface you know David Ogilvy who's seen as the power broker of all things in creative advertising was always talked about as a great copywriter and a great man of advertising one of the reasons was that he was able to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary and he'd look at something and he would see what nobody else could see so that ability just to find little touch points that are different and you know look and find you know the extras in things and find things that other people can't see use obviously some of the people you know and it's interesting I said it's about time we all start to get along a little bit better it would help so much and PR may be one of the ways uh, you know we can start to do that and my little mantra was a kind of closing CPR courtesy professional uh, and respect and you can all of the time there are lots of hooks that you need to hang your narrative on, your storyline, suss out the competition, start from different places, uh, freshen up, revisit, re-energise, redraft new angles. It doesn't happen overnight. You're in it for the duration. Let it happen. Look outside the box. 
Think the big picture, develop, develop, return to sender. Before I close my little uh, presentation uh, line here, one of the things that clearly PR is, you know, very, very good at is never be afraid. You know, be confident in the ability that you've got to demonstrate and justify and talk about all of the eminent things and all of the good things that will happen in any given story.